What would you do if you were confronted by an alien creature and it revealed your darkest desires? It sounds like you want to have sex with the alien, but that's not what that's about. Or is it? And then we meet a couple living in a haunted house with an experience so unique it makes us ask the question, are the furry companions we know as our pets actually demonic entities? Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day too as you have a pet on your lap right now. You're like, uh, I don't know if I should pet this guy or throw him outside. Well, decide at the end of the episode, you guys can figure out if your pets are really your pets. But first off, let's go ahead and introduce today's newest Patreon supporter walking into Dead Rabbit Command. Give it up for Simon. Woo-hoo-hoo! Come on in, buddy. I don't know why I'm sounding like a cowboy all of a sudden. Rustle up them little doggies. Simon, you're going to be our captain, our pilot this episode. If you guys cancel over the Patreon, I totally understand. Just help spread the word about the show. That really, really helps out a lot. Simon, let's go ahead and toss you the oars to the Dead Rabbit rowboat. We're going to leave behind Dead Rabbit Command. We are going to row all the way out to Indiana. <laughs> Jason, what what river? Do you know anything about U.S. geography? Eh, we're rowing. Okay, we put the rowboat on a flatbed truck, and Simon is driving us. <laughs> we're seeing row, row, row your boat the whole time. There's an intercom right into the cab of the truck. After after he loses his sanity, he drives us out to Lucky Point, Indiana. It's November first, nineteen eighty. It's nine p.m. and we're hiding in the bushes. Riding from Simon, he's going to murder us for torturing him the whole time. And as we're in the bushes, we see a deputy sheriff drive by. We'll call him Duke. We don't have his actual name. Duke is driving by in his patrol car, and he just kind of slows to a stop. Mm. He opens the door, he gets out, and he's just standing there kind of looking up at the night sky. It's his break, right? He's already given enough tickets and probably stopped like a bank robbery or two. I don't know what cops do on a normal day, but he's out there and he's like, I don't know why I live in Gotham City all of a sudden. I don't know why the crime rate is so high. He's standing outside of his car, just kind of taking a break at night. And suddenly in the sky appears a black triangle. A very typical UFO shape. There's a black triangle in the sky is floating there. And he says it's only around 200 feet from him, which is uncomfortably close. It's floating there in the sky, and he's like, ah. He looks up, and he sees there's windows on this craft. And inside the vehicle, he sees five humanoids looking out the window, staring at him. He's looking up at these windows. These little alien humanoids are looking down on him, and he describes them as classic greys. He can only see them from the waist up, but they have large heads, thin necks, small bodies, and gray skin. He's looking up at this vehicle, and these humanoids, these gray aliens, are looking down at him, and in his head, he hears one of these aliens ask, quote, Why? Do you hate the Iranians? Now, Duke is, Duke's been shocked a lot in the past couple of minutes. He's seen a UFO appear. He's seen five visitors from an extraterrestrial world. 
But he is, now he's insulted. He's shocked and insulted. And he remembers, I was looking up at this vehicle and I heard this telepathic message ask why I hated the Iranians. And I thought back to them, I don't hate anyone. And at that point, one of the greys looks at the other four and then the triangle shoots up into the night sky so quickly it disappears from view. That story, I got it from thinkaboutitdocs.com. They got it from a book called Regional Encounters, the FC Files by Francis L. Ridge. This was an interesting story to me. One, I know it's super short, but you're like, oh, great, Jason's going to drone off for 10 minutes about some minute detail. Man, you really do listen to this podcast a lot. This story is so interesting to me on two levels. One, you just have the basic UFO stuff, right? Just as is. And the alien having telepathic communication again, that's all basic UFO stuff. The reason why I wanted to talk about this story is we have this idea... I think it's terrifying already the power level that a lot of these aliens have. They can abduct you. They can teleport you through walls. A lot of people have tried out running these things. They can't. They can mess with reality. They can make you feel like you're somewhere else when you're really in your bedroom. The power level of aliens in general, and specifically the gray aliens, is overwhelming. Aliens talking to humans telepathically, that's a trope. That is really, really common in alien lore. But I don't know why I never thought that aliens could expose dark secrets of ours. I always figured like they could talk to us telepathically, but I didn't know that they could necessarily read our minds. Now, it's possible that these aliens got this detail wrong and this dude wasn't racist against Iranians. But maybe this guy is so racist. <laughs> maybe this guy's so racist towards Iranians, he doesn't even know it. But let's say that he, he's lying. That not, not about the whole alien encounter, not that he made the whole thing up. But imagine this, you had an alien encounter and you wanted to tell the story, you wanted to tell the story to a UFO investigator, but you, <laughs> the UFO investigator is some guy from Iran. He's like, hi, yeah, you know, I just came over from Iran and now I'm investigating UFOs over here. What's your story, Duke? And Duke's like, uh, uh, and then the aliens asked if I hated Iranians and the author stops and he's looking at him and he's like, but I don't, I don't. And the author's like, oh, okay. So the aliens, <laughs> the aliens with this galaxy spanning technology read your mind wrong. The end. And then the Duke's like, whew. That was a close one. Um, I guess I never really... The aliens could have got it wrong, but I guess I never really thought, like, if aliens abducted me... <laughs> if aliens abducted me and they're like, Greetings, Jason. We are here from the galactic... Oh, you you, you have those thoughts? You're thinking about that stuff? What? Uh, uh. They're all throwing up space vomit. It's all, like, floating around. I'm like, ah. Like... That's weird, right? That's super creepy. I knew aliens could talk to us telepathically, but I didn't know they could read our minds because like, what if like, as you're communicating with this gray alien and he's talking about curing disease and stuff like that, some sexy gray alien walks by with like gray alien boobies and stuff. And I'm like looking at her and I'm thinking about all the stuff I'm going to do to this gray alien lady. And they're like, that's my mom. That's my mom, you sicko. I never thought about that before. I never thought... To me, there's a difference between having telepathic communication and straight up being able to read my mind. 
and tell. Like now, that's that's way more terrifying. If aliens abducted me and probed me, I mean, I'm not saying like that would be the most comfortable thing, but it would be far worse if they were probing you. And they're like, wow, he really likes this. Let's stop doing this. Let's stop doing this experiment. That's creepy. The fact that you would have aliens that could tell you had like a foot fetish or you really, really were like a big old creepo and stuff like that. That's not cool. That's not cool, aliens. I and, and you know it makes me wonder too. We cover stories recently about people being abducted by aliens and then the aliens going, "Oh, you're not fit for our experiments." And then leaving them back on Earth. <laughs> Maybe it's cuz those people were so perverted, the aliens didn't want to have them around. Super creepy. Like that is such an intrusion of my privacy. I mean, again, I was thinking about paying this dude's mom, this alien mom, as she's like bringing out a tray of cookies for all the abductees. Here you go. Make sure you have some lemonade too. Yeah, I, I, this guy may or may not have hated Iranians. I don't know for sure. He says that he didn't, but it, it's possible that he did. And the aliens were exposing that and that shocked him. It would be, it would be insulting and it would be an invasion of my privacy. I never once considered the thought that even through all this telepathic communications with aliens, I never once considered the thought that they would be able to read my mind and know stuff about me. And maybe that's the reason why aliens don't visit us because they can read our minds and they're like, these, these, this is the grossest, most perverted species in the galaxy. Luckily, my only real hangup is wanting to bang that alien mom. I don't have a lot of deep, dark secrets. But, I mean, you don't want any of them in the galactic newspaper, right? You don't want to hear about that. Maybe how we have stories about cattle mutilations on alien planets. They have stories. There's like, great aliens come to Earth, find out a man likes having bananas stuck up his butthole. I don't know. Um, <laughs> that would make the newspaper. I'm sure there's other more important things in the galaxy. I don't know why you're so hung up on this. I, if that if that makes galactic news, then there's really nothing going on anywhere else. But yeah, I just what an invasion of privacy, right? Simon, let's go ahead and toss you the keys to the carbon copter. We're going to leave behind all these aliens that are still throwing up. We're leaving behind this UFO. We're headed all the way out to a small house in suburban America. As we're headed out there, I wanted to do a really quick Dead Rabbit Recommends. I know the critics hated this movie, but on my break, I watched the brand new Netflix version of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And here's a fact that not a lot of people know about me because it's not something that you would ever discuss in public. I'm a huge Texas Chainsaw Massacre fan. I love Leatherface. I actually used to have a Texas Chainsaw Massacre poster in my house for the reboot, for the sequel of the reboot. That's how deep I am into Leatherface lore. It was like the seventh film was a sequel to a reboot, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, A New Beginning. I love that movie. That was one of my favorite Texas Chainsaw Massacre movies. It was actually probably in my top 50 favorite horror movies. I recently watched the new Netflix Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It is so good. It is so good. The characters are really complex. It was funny. A lot of people were talking trash about the characters in it. All the characters are really well-rounded with like multiple multiple like motivations. Really fascinating. And it's so disgusting. Like it is 
the worst chainsaw kills because <laughs> I have a chainsaw ometer. I've seen I've seen all of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre movies except for Texas Chainsaw. That was the one where they left off the word massacre and it was more of like a coming of age story and it was like this woman's bond with Leatherface. I haven't watched it. I don't know. It sounds terrible, but this one. Leatherface is at it again. He gets he gets his mom's face, he puts it on, and he runs around a town chopping people up with his chainsaw. And he's like throwing his chainsaw. He throws it at a moving car and he slides it across the ground so like people are jumping out of the way. You're like, Jason, you make this movie sound worse than I even thought it was. No, dude, it's super dope. And the fight scenes are cool. And the characters, like there were there was like the quote unquote like racist mechanic, the racist text mechanic and he wasn't racist he was just a mechanic in texas but all the characters thought he was racist it was really interesting all these characters have multi-layered backgrounds um except for leatherface he's just a maniac who wears people's faces but anyways i loved it and there is this scene that i wasn't going to watch a movie there's this scene that became a meme that I heard about over and over again where Leatherface, because it's like in modern times, right? So it's all these Instagram influencers go to Texas. <laughs> okay, the plot's a little, the, the, the setup's a little weird, but all these Instagram influencers go to this little town in Texas and they have a party bus and there is a scene where Leatherface has his chainsaw and this guy, like everyone pulls their phones out to record this guy with his chainsaw, and someone goes, take one more step and you're totally canceled, dude. And I remember I was, I heard that meme and how, like, how dumb is that? Like, they're trying to use, like, the new jargon of the kids. That scene, it's nightmare-inducing. It's, like, only three minutes long. You can watch it on YouTube. It's so disgusting. He's on a party bus. And some guy goes, you're totally canceled, bro. And then the next three minutes is just guts going everywhere. It, it's so gross. He puts the chainsaw through a guy's butt crack. It comes out through the dude's crotch and then begins using him to saw a woman in half. It's horrifying. It's so gross. So, so Texas Chainsaw Massacre on Netflix, honestly, 10 out of 10 stars, it's probably the second best Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie next to the original. Dead Rabbit. <laughs> you're vomiting with the aliens. And now you're like, Jason, why are you... The aliens The aliens are going to reach your mind and find out you've liked Texas Chainsaw Massacre movies. That's probably the most embarrassing thing you could have stated. Dead Rabbit recommends Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the Netflix edition. I really, really enjoyed it. If you are a Leatherface aficionado, which is none of you, You'll love it. If you love horror movies, you'll love it. If it's really stylistically directed, you'll love it. But for the other 99% of you, give it a watch or watch the clip on YouTube. Or just, just forget that I ever recommended the movie. But truly, Dead Rabbit recommends Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So Simon, go ahead and land this carpenter copter in the suburban neighborhood. We're walking around. It's the middle of the day. The reason why we're in this neighborhood is we are going to visit the house of someone. Online, they go by the name Lemsickles, but we're going to call them Betty. No, I don't like the name. We're going to call them Patricia. This is a story that had been going on for a while, but it really culminated the last week of March 2022. So very, very recent story. We're in North Texas, actually. I didn't know that there was a location for this story. Looking at my notes again. We're in North Texas. 
And Patricia is dating this man named Charles. And Charles lives in this two-story house that she stays over often at. And she said, I was over in the house, and when we would be sitting there together, or when we'd be watching television or whatever, every so often you would hear the sounds of boots stomping down the stairs. And I don't believe in ghosts, though. I don't believe in ghosts, and I'd hear that, and there has to be a reason for that. The house is settling. Or I keep putting my boots at the top of the stairs, but they're precariously balanced and they fall down. But it can't be ghosts. I don't believe in ghosts. And she said, yeah, my boyfriend always kind of laughed it off as well. You know, it happens all the time, but I, I don't know what it is, and I don't, I'm not worried about it or anything like that. And as they continue to date and the relationship becomes more serious, eventually she moves in with him. And when she moves in, she brings her pets. There's a, quite a few pets in this story, but specifically, we're going to be focusing on a cat and then a dog named Oatmeal. Also goes by the name of Odie. They're living together. Everything's going well. One of the, they, they have a different kind of work schedule. So she goes to bed before he does. She leaves for work before he wakes up. So they have different chores to make sure the house is running efficiently. One of the things is that it's his job to get the dogs in for the night. They don't, they don't have a doggy door in the backyard. So it's his job to make sure that before they go to bed, the dogs are back in the house so everybody is safe from Leatherface. She didn't say that, but you never know. She said one night she's downstairs. She's watching a movie. This is when you know they've been dating for a while. She's downstairs watching a movie by herself. He's upstairs playing video games. And she's sitting there and she hears a... It's not a maraca band. It's Odie. It's a little oatmeal, a little shih tzu, scratching on the door. And she gets up. She's like, oh, damn it. Charles is supposed to let the pets in. She gets up and she opens the back door and Odie comes inside and she looks down and she starts petting Odie and Odie kind of growls at her and then runs away. And she goes, Odie's kind of a jerk. That doesn't surprise me that he didn't want some love. And plus also we locked him outside. He's probably a little perturbed by that. And then eventually her boyfriend comes down from playing video games and he's watching the movie with her and she goes, oh, you left Odie outside. You, when you called in the dogs, Odie didn't come in. And Charles looks at Patricia and says, uh, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, Odie definitely did come in with me. In fact, when I was upstairs playing video games, he was with me the whole time. He was sitting on my lap. It was actually kind of annoying. So I'm trying to play a video game, and there's this dog on my lap. And they kind of get in a little bit of a tiff about this because she knows for sure that she just let Odie into the house. And he's like, no, I, I'm telling you, I did not imagine this dog on my lap. I remember thinking, just leave so I can play this game. A month or so later, there's another incident involving Oatmeal. She says that she woke up and Odie was in their bedroom. And he, she's like, great. Odie likes to get up. He likes to get super hyper. And Odie's going to wake up Charles. And Charles, we have a deep, different sleeping schedule. So I got Odie out of the room and locked the door so Odie couldn't get back in to bug Charles. And when Charles did wake up and everything, the day started and they were talking to each other, she goes, why was Odie in the bedroom when I woke up? Like, I know that he was going to wake you up if he was still in there. And he goes, no, 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 that, that's not what happened. Like, 
earlier in the night, Odie was annoying me like he always does, and I kicked him out of the room before you even came in to go to bed. And she said at this point it was like a half-joking, half-serious fight, an argument between Charles and Patricia. She's going, listen, no, when I woke up, Odie was in the room. And he goes, no, I let Odie out way before that. Both of them are very, very clear. That door was shut. Odie could have not gotten in by themselves. Yet both of them had to kick Odie out. But at whatever, right? How many times have you gotten in an argument with a friend over something minor? Where did you put my soda? And you guys are arguing about it. I know I put it here. No, you put it there. It doesn't mean anything, right? It doesn't mean anything at all. It definitely doesn't mean that your house is haunted. All of these stories were leading up to the last week of March 2022. (laughs) Patricia and Charles hear a horrible whining coming from their backyard. And when they go out to check, see what it is, they're husky. (laughs) Forgot that was another dog they have that's in the story. They're husky. This big dog has a horrible wound. Its paw, one of its paws, is almost completely severed. They said it was barely hanging on. They took it to a vet. They got it fixed. But they had no idea of what could have caused this. They're out there kind of checking the fence, looking for anything that could have hurt their husky so bad. Because they figured he must have had some sort of accident, but they can't figure out what could have done this. So that happened in the last week of March. And then later that week, Patricia and Charles are both in bed. The lights are off, and they have their backs to each other as they're watching videos on their phones. Now, Patricia, and she's the one who is narrating this story, she's facing the wall. And at this point, Odie is in the bedroom, curled up against her feet. Their cat jumps up. This sounds like like such a chaotic household. The cat jumps up onto their bed and gets underneath the covers and begins to squirm its way between Patricia and Charles. So their backs are to each other. There's a gap there and the cat is moving through the bed and is kind of just nestling in between the two of them. Now, Patricia, she's watching videos on her phone. She's not really paying attention, but she goes, that's weird. The cat normally likes to lay on top of me. And I know that. Because it totally sucks. There's this cat on top of me. I'm trying to do something else, but whatever. It's a cat's world. Five minutes pass, and Patricia hears a quick sequence of noises. First off, she hears Odie growling. But the growling isn't coming from her feet. (laughs) Oh, never come from her feet. It's not coming from oatmeal at her feet in bed. It's coming from the lump underneath the blanket between her and Charles. Then she hears her boyfriend yell at Oatmeal, begin yelling at their little Shih Tzu, and shooing him off of the bed. And this little lump, she feels move between their bodies and jump off of the bed. Now, she realizes now that, again, all the lights are off, they only have their phones. She realizes now... Okay, so oatmeal must not be at my feet. Oatmeal must have been between us and the cat's at my feet. Charles turns on a desk lamp and surveys the situation, 
sees what the layout of the room is, and completely freaks out. Because this is what's going on. The cat is rolled up into a ball across the room, sleeping peacefully. Oatmeal is curled up against Patricia's feet, just laying there. And that is when Patricia and Charles have to come to the realization there is another oatmeal in the house. Charles actually, I don't know if he I don't know if he had this in his bedroom or what. Charles pulls out a knife and a flashlight and begins looking around the room for whatever was in the bed with them. And Patricia is asking him what in the world is going on. And Charles says, this is what happened. Oatmeal, oatmeal crawled into bed with us. And Patricia goes, he's at my feet. And he goes, yeah, I know. Let, let me finish. He crawled into bed with us and I was petting him. I was petting oatmeal. I've pet that dog a hundred times. I know what he feels like. And I was scratching his little bum bum and I was working my way up his back. And then when I began to pet his head, it had no fur on it. Its face was completely hairless. And then it bit me. Whatever it was sunk its teeth into my hand and ran off of the bed. I read this story the other day. And again, with all the stuff you come across online, everything you're looking at, you always got to wonder, how true is it? It's so easy to make this stuff up. And when I read this story, I mean, obviously, we'll get into the implications of what this could be in a second. But I read this story and I thought, wow, this is really creepy, right? Is this some sort of shapeshifter? Is it some sort of demon? How is reality being distorted in these people's houses? And then Patricia posted an update. And I was like, uh-oh. Because I've read enough, I've read enough of these stories where the update becomes super dramatic, and all of a sudden oatmeal's flying around the house, and there's like eight of him. Choose the true one, or we will devour you. And she's like, has a pre-show up, like some hunky stud, and all of a sudden. So when I saw that she posted an update, I was like, great. This is where I'm gonna know whether or not this story is true or false. And what was super interesting is the update. Mentioned nothing about more dog stuff. It was more about sounds and how they were talking to his mother and saying, yeah, she always felt off in the house. And they found this like male drop box that just kind of led. I was like, no, great. Now is there going to be like a skeleton? I'm always worried about finding out that these really interesting stories are fake. But the update really added nothing to the mythology. It was just more about, yeah, the house is kind of creepy and we hear more boot noises sometimes. And I was like, this story might actually be true. Because normally people double down on the exciting stuff. Nobody, No one was like, no, but tell me more about the boots as a dog doppelganger is running through the house. So that I was like, oh, okay, now we're cooking with grease. Or is it cooking with fire? Now Leatherface has revved up his chainsaw because I go, if the update is boring, that really lends more credence to the original story. So let's look at... So thank you, Patricia, for sharing this. That's not your real name. Thank you, Lem Sickles, for sharing this. The implications of the story, they're terrifying. Because what we're talking about is a demonic infiltrator disguised as something that we allow to be close to us all the time, a pet. Little animal, little animal people that are hanging out with us we allow them to sleep with us. 
we allow them to eat with us? You're like, Jason, people do that with other people. Hold on, you know, let me finish. We allow them to go to the bathroom with us? Like when you're going on the toilet and your cat comes in, I used to have a cat all the time that every time I would go to the bathroom, the cat would, would be banging on the door until I opened it, and then he would come. It was super it was super disturbing. This cat would always be with me while I was pooping. It didn't, for whatever reason, it wanted... <laughs> now I'm imagining that it was possessed by some sort of demon, or is the reincarnation of some sicko with a poop fetish or something. Yeah, it was his cat was named Tyler Durden. I named guess guess when I had that cat. I had a cat named Tyler Durden, and he would scratch on the bathroom door until I let him in, and he would sit there while I was pooping. And it was super aggravating. But it was my cat. Now, if it was a friend of mine, it was my buddy Josh. He's like, hey, man, I'm lonely. Can you can, can I at least be in there for a couple minutes? And then he comes in, and he's, like, sitting on the bathtub rim while I'm pooping. I would have never allowed that, ever, ever allowed that. But with my cat, you know, he's going to annoy me at the door, so I might as well just let him in so I can poop in peace. But then I'm not even really pooping in peace because there's this giant cat just sitting there. It wasn't even like he was watching me poop. He was just sitting there. He's all reading magazines. He's reading Cat Fancy. But I wouldn't allow a human to do that with me. And you allow animals to do things that you wouldn't allow humans to do. So if a demon disguises itself as an animal, I almost think that you're more vulnerable around it. Now, on the one hand, you go, you go well, Jason, you know, skinwalkers and stuff can become wildlife. And you have the story of the not deer. And there's definitely stories of, like, demons taking the form of, like, goats and stuff like that. Yeah, they're not, they're not in my bathroom. They're not in my bed. I'm, I, if I was walking and I saw like a deer in my apartment, I would be terrified. I'd be, so those things are massive and they're all pointy. But if it was a little cat, I'd be like, come on, buddy. And then I'd like roll around with someone else's cat. I'm in someone else's apartment. They're like, get out of here, you lunatic. Um, yeah, it's like you cuddle with these pets and that pet could be a demon and and this is creepy too humans you know maybe if your loved one starts you know playing with ouija boards and stuff like that you'll you'll assume at some point they're going to get possessed and you'll be on the lookout for that but you don't know what you're <laughs> i'm so desperate to come up with an ending for this episode what i'm about to say is just absolutely absurd you don't know what your pets are doing when they leave the house when you open that door or that cat goes out the cat door or your dog's running around in the big backyard you have, you don't know what that animal's up to. It might be becoming demonic. Especially cats, right? Dogs, they'll go in the backyard and they can't really go anywhere. So if there was, if they were building some sort of summoning circle, then you would know. But like cats, an outdoor cat, he'll roam the neighborhood. You don't know where he's going. And every time he walks out that little cat door out front, by the end of the night when he comes to have some kibbles, for all you know, it's not your cat. It's not your cat. It's an uh, it's like a doppelganger of your cat coming back. You don't know. You don't know. So, yeah, like, I'm not saying every time your cat comes back, you're throwing holy water on it. The chances of you having a possessed cat come back are probably pretty small. <laughs> Actually, probably infinitesimal. Actually, probably never happens. But 
You don't know. And it would be if a, if your cat came back. How? Let me ask you this, man. Let me ask you this. When your pet comes back, a bunch of people who don't have pets already shut off the podcast. They're all like, I'll see you tomorrow. When your pet comes back into your house, you let your dog or your cat out for a while. When they come back, do you check it to make sure that it's still your dog? Like, it, it looks like your dog, right? And it might have the same tag on it. So you're like, Jason, how else am I supposed to tell if that's my dog? If it looks like my dog and he's wearing the same accessories as my dog did. But spiritually, spiritually, is that your dog? We don't know. We don't know whether or not that when your animals come back, that they're actually your animals. And to me, that's spooky. To me, that's that's the idea that you don't know what you're accepting into your house. And in this case, this is a copy of the dog, right? It's a copy of oatmeal. So even if your dog comes back in and you're like petting him and then later you go and you open the door, you're like, oh, that's... and actually now that I think about it, that happens a lot. I've had a lot of people say, what? I thought you were in the house. What are you doing outside? And the little dog's like, <laughs> and then you let the dog in the house. That happens all the time. What if dog or cat doppelgangers are more <laughs> it's a doppelganger of a goldfish. You're like, no, wait a second. I know for a fact I only have one goldfish. But there are clearly two goldfish in this fish tank, and then it, it jumps out and it eats you. This would be the perfect way to infiltrate a house, is what I'm saying. If you were a demonic invader, it seems like it would be more trouble to try to imitate a human. Because we know humans. We could tell when something was off with a person. But with an animal, you could probably tell things were slightly off. You're like, that's weird. He doesn't seem so interested in his food today. But you would also think, ah, oh, maybe he's just sick. Or maybe I'll just take him to the vet. You wouldn't go, oh, it must be a demonic invader. You'd actually allow it more access into your house, and especially the places where you are the least guarded. I think a demonic pet could get closer to you, and you would suspect it less. It would have to do more things for it to catch up to you. It would have to do more things for you to actually think this is some sort of demonic entity, and by then it may be too late. Their husky got its foot almost cut off, right? It was severed. It was barely hanging on. We can only assume that the Shih Tzu did that. That Oatmeal 2 did that. So how common is this? How common is this? Is there anything we could do to protect ourselves from this phenomenon? Because it really is something that unless it did something absolutely bizarre, like lose all the fur on its face and bite you, you would still, all of the other things that happened, they just assumed they were the mistaken ones. They, the humans did something wrong when in fact there were two oatmeals in the house. And if you live in a busy house, if you live in a big house, if you live in a place with lots of pets and you're not keeping good eye on all of them, this could be fairly common. This could be something that happens more than we think. Because there's nothing that demonic entities want to do more than to infiltrate our lives. That is where they have the power. They don't have power just kind of floating around in the ether. They want to get into your lives and corrupt your lives and destroy your lives and destroy the relationships you have with other people. If Patricia and Charles were a less loving couple, these slight disagreements could turn into full-blown arguments. People break up over the dumbest things and they get in huge fight over the dumbest things. And really, these are things like your job is to let the dogs in at night and you're not doing your job. And this could have become a huge fight. 
This could have broken up this couple, all because this demonic entity entered the house. And Patricia packs up and she leaves with her pets, while Charles is sitting there going, I know for a fact that Oatmeal was upstairs with me. I don't know why she's blowing this out of proportion. She's just a dumb girl, blah, 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 blah. And as Patricia is driving away, going to stay at her mom's house for a couple days, going to try to reassess the situation. She knows she's never going back to Charles. The little Shih Tzu in the back of the car, <laughs> it smiles. <laughs> it has a little demonic smile in the darkness. It goes, <laughs> because it's now finished phase one of its mission. The demonic interloper got into the household and sowed the seeds of chaos. And those seeds grew into a separation. Now Patricia is on her own, driving down the road late one night, and this demonic creature is in her back seat. Phase one is complete. Now it's time to continue to destroy the life of this young woman. This is what demons want. These are the ways that they stop us from doing what we need to do or being who we want to be. They destroy our lives and our relationships, and they don't do it so dramatically that the house sets on fire and everyone's running out and there's like this giant demon with wings destroying the neighborhood. No, it's simple fights. It's, it's the simple things. It's the little things that grow over time. Sure, a demon can possess a human and destroy that person's life. Sure, a demon can take the form of a vice and ruin you through alcohol or gambling. But it's just as easy for a demon to attach itself to someone who has always given you unconditional love. Your little furry friend. Even when it seems the world is stacked against you, even when it seems that nobody loves you, we always find comfort and solace with our pets. And that is why it makes the perfect hiding spot for a demon. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. TikTok is at deadrabbitradio. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day. I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one, guys.